Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today. Coming up, Draymond Green has often been the loudest voice in the room for the Warriors, but with CP3 now in Golden State, will these personalities work in concert become a classic clash? Plus, the Aces took care of business in round one of the WNBA playoffs. We break down how they have continued their dominance this season and what challenges they could face in the semis. And Dame Lillard still wants to be in Miami, but where does Portland stand on the deal? What it would take for the Blazers to send his talents to South Beach? All that and more on NBA Today. I always play these type of scenarios out of my head. When the moment of truth comes, is when you can come up big. Damian Lillard, it's Dame time. Take one. There's Lillard again from the logo. 71 points. What time is it? It's Dame When will Dame Time actually be? Welcome into NBA Today. I'm Cassidy Hubbard, filling in for the wonderful Malika Andrews. And I'm joined here in our Seaport studios by the one and only Janae Agumake, plus Roz Gold on Wood, who's holding it down in LA. She's had a busy weekend. And of course, the Hall of Famer, Mark Spears. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We have a lot to get to. Have to start, though, with the biggest story of the summer where seven-time All-Star Damian Lillard will play. Where will he play opening night? That's the question. Let's take a look back at the key events that have led to where we are today. First, the Blazers shut down Lillard down in March, ending his season despite him averaging a career high in scoring. Then Portland drafted Scoot Henderson in June, leading to a meeting with Lillard and his representatives. A week later, Lillard requested a trade, and a month after that, the NBA released a memo on the trade request and the reporting that he would only go to the Heat. Now back with our panel here, and I want to start with you, Mark. Uh, you sat down with Dave after he requested the trade. There have been a lot of reports on the potential trades, including sending him to Miami. What's the latest you're hearing? Oh, it's complicated. Well, the latest I'm hearing is that the Blazers have been talking to several teams but I don't even know if that's the Blazers. But when you say several teams, that also suggests that they could be willing to trade for him or send him somewhere that's not the Miami Heat, which is certainly very curious. I mean, it's, it's one thing for a team to trade for a player that doesn't want to be there, but to get a player that's a top 75 player that, you know, is going to be professional, but will he really be a happy employee? Do you want to do that to Dame Lillard? That's the biggest question. Who has the guts to do it as well? Like, would Boston do it? I'm kind of hearing rumors about another Eastern Conference team that I'm not going to throw out there just yet. But, boy, if, if, if something, if a team is able to just trade for Lillard without his uh, blessing, that's very, very risky, not only to that team, but also to the future relationship for a future Hall of Famer with the Blazers. Hmm. And given what we know or what we don't know, Chanae, how do you see things playing out, uh, you know, with opening night just a couple weeks away? 
Yeah, knowing Damian Lillard for a while, both as players, both rep team Adidas, he's someone that has always showed up for the people he loves. And that is still the fans of Portland. So he will be a professional. He's always a professional in any environment that he's in. So if he has to go, show up, do training camp, go play in the games, he will do exactly that. He made his intentions clear. The way I see this in the long term is, Mark, you said, who has the guts to do it? I feel like immediately Miami was like, oh, we're going to be smart with this. As the season progresses, I think that window that they thought, oh, we've got time, we've got a bigger window, it's going to get smaller and smaller. Why? Because they've got like guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo who want to win now. They don't want to go all the way back. This is a team that made it to the NBA Finals. You don't just risk that continuity with an opportunity that a guy that can drop 32 points per game, he's like top 10 in three-point makes overall in the NBA. Like This is the perfect person to help make that push and continue off of last season. So I think as the season progresses, we will see a lot more urgency. Yeah, and you bring up the word urgency. You know, now we're in that type of territory, Cheney, and I feel like the Trailblazers and Damian Lillard, perhaps in his team, I would have liked to see them work together more as a cohesive unit to put together a nice exit strategy for Dame. You know, it seemed and it appears as if there were like individuals utilizing strategies to manipulate the situation. And perhaps at times it might have discouraged other teams to participate wholeheartedly, create a market that would have worked out to get him eventually to, to, to where he wanted to be. And now they're at this weird stalemate, too. And, you know, what's a real shame to me is. I feel Dame is absolutely absolutely deserving of a glorious goodbye and we're starting to get into territory where it could get awkward it probably will get a bit awkward and he deserves more even the next generation of the trailblazers you know they got a youth movement coming up they got to rebuild you know just to wrap their minds around what's coming next so coach Billups can build that out but we're starting to get into that you know urgent awkward territory and had there been more cohesion maybe this could have been handled a lot um, better and you talk about the awkwardness. I mean, Dame's reputation has been he is the ultimate professional. But, you know, now with him unhappy, requesting a trade, and, you know, as you alluded to, Mark, do you see Dame showing up to camp if he is not traded? Yeah, I, I am told that he would come to camp and he would be a professional. But how is, you know, you guys just mentioned how awkward would that be, especially between him and the front office in 2009, uh, when I just moved back to the Bay, the Warriors had a rookie by the name of Steph Curry. They also had a star by the name of Steven Jackson who asked for a trade in August. And every day when you went to practice, when you went to games, that cloud was just hanging over the team. Two players had told me that they couldn't wait for him to be traded, not throw shade on Jacks, but they just was like, they were just tired of dealing with the questions and the circumstances every day of it. And uh, eventually, Jax did get traded. He didn't get what he wanted. He wanted Texas teams or Cleveland. He ended up getting the Charlotte Bobcats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it definitely didn't work out his way. But trust me, this is like going to be even darker over the team than just Dame. It, it affects the whole team. And then if you're a player there, you start getting worried about, okay, am I going to be involved in this trade too? So it makes the whole training camp from media day on October 2nd very uneasy if Dame is there. And then how long... If, if he does not show up, if it starts to carry into uh, no, games. No, I think he'll show up. Okay, yeah. well, you know, we I, will I see this play out. Up. I think he'll be professional and come, but how happy will he be? <laughs> how uh, happy will he be? That's a different story. We, right, um, and, and this is a story we've been talking about 
all summer. Um, and meanwhile, did, did you guys see this? The Colorado game didn't just uh, create buzz in the football world. Uh, heat guard Kyle Lowry and Trailblazers head coach Chauncey Billups were some of the many celebrities seen watching Coach Prime's team win that double overtime. It was wild. Saturday. Until 2 a.m. on I the know. East Coast. I'm still tired. Um, obviously, <laughs> this made its rounds around social media, drawing plenty of speculation due to, you know, Dame's trade request to the Heat. But, Mark. Uh, sheds a little more light here. Um, people are just trying to grasp at straws to find anything that could possibly give us some more insight into what's going to happen with Dame and the Heat. But what more can you tell us about Kyle and Chauncey's relationship? Well, they've been friends for like 20 years. In fact, uh, Chauncey convinced uh, Kyle to be in a golf tournament, which is like a black golf tournament with 55 golfers and Kyle had so much fun being in a golf tournament that he's been decided to keep continually coming back. Just happened to be last weekend, so Chauncey was a CU alum, and he's starting to get tight with Prime, says, hey, man, come to the game. So, you know, he comes, and it's funny because I think Chauncey was, uh, I heard he might have been going to maybe the, the, the facilities. So when he, when he got up and walked away, he wasn't trying to hey, uh, hide from the cameras. But uh, I, I don't know that Kyle Lowry wants to be playing with Portland. I mean, he went to Miami to uh, uh, get a championship. He went to Miami to win. And so to throw him in a situation now where he's going to go to Portland and be a part of rebuilding, I think that certainly would be unfair to him. And as much as those guys love each other, I don't think they want that for either person. Listen, I don't think you can make huge conclusions coming out of a Colorado football game because everybody and their mama's going there. Everyone was it there. wasn't just them. Kawhi, Kawhi was, was there. there. Kawhi was there. And yes. Oh, my God, yeah. don't get me started on NBA Twitter because the jokes were rolling in. But, like, yeah. literally, Walmart. it's a who's who CNBC <laughs> at these Colorado games. So I'm not going to draw too much into that. If we wanted to get spicy, Kyle Lowry is in Vegas watching a number of Las Vegas Aces games. I see him courtside every time I'm there. And guess what? One game that he was there, Stephen and Seth Curry were there at the same uh, game. It was the last game of the regular season, which y'all going to speculate on that as well. So it's, it's I mean, Rosin, yeah, this is where we are. This is September 18th, okay? <laughs> we're still a ways away from the start of the season. That's, we're just – People we're are just, traveling. We want something. We just, we, we just need something. So. Master P was there. He might be making a comeback. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if we get a Master P. Real Hoopers. And, and, and a Diddy album. What are, we're, we're, we're really A Diddy album oh that goes God. crazy with a zillion features. Clearly, we're just getting started here on NBA Today. <laughs> LeBron James knows how to make a scene, but we'll tell you the story behind his surprise high school visit. Plus, Chris Paul and Draymond Green are used to being the voice of their teams, but can one locker room contain that much personality? And who might have to stand down in Golden State? And as the NBA continues to grow around the world, we look back at the top plays, players, and performances from when the NBA on foreign soil. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Cassidy Helper filling in for Malika Andrews. Joining me in our New York studios, former Rookie of the Year and two-time WNBA All-Star, Chanae Agumake and Chanae, the WAM NBA playoffs are in full swing. Let's start in Las Vegas where the Aces continue to show their dominance. And look, they're up 1-0 after taking game one by 28 in first quarter Asia. Steals the pass from Courtney Williams and Williams to Chelsea Gray right back to Wilson. So unselfish. Part of Gray's nine assists, moving her ahead of coach Becky Hammond for the franchise playoff record. And then just over a minute left, Alicia Clark, newly named sixth woman of the year. Okay, AC. Knocks it down. Then 30 seconds to go, Wilson again. Asia was on one. She literally was. They had no answer, and that's the sign of the first round for the Aces. It's that movie-making, you know, type of sign. Chelsea started it. But watch this right here. Just ferocious attacking the rim. She has such a quick second bounce. And this, I mean, you rarely see her give this level of emotion. That means they're out here to try to make some history. So impressive. And look at this dime right here, Cass. And then she pirouettes, light on her feet, pump fake. And one, son. Okay, Asia. Playoff franchise record with 38 points, 16 boards. Here's the two-time MVP. Uh, no, um, only because we've only won one. Uh, you know, I feel like when you're talking about a dynasty, when you're talking about legacy and doing and those type of teams, you got to win a couple uh, in order to be like, all right, no, we, we're doing something. Now, are we doing something special? 100%. We're not going to let that go by. But when it comes to dynasty, I personally don't think so because we only won one. Uh, I mean, I love my one angle. Cherish that one. <laughs> but I think we got to do a little bit more winning, uh, and we still have a lot more to grow and a lot more to learn. So, yeah, give us a little couple more years. <laughs> so two dominant wins to take that first round. What's it out to you just about the Aces play in this series? I mean, it starts and it ends with Asia Wilson. And one thing about Asia is that she never stops moving. She never stops working. So let's break it down. Producer Rome, baby, let's get into it. Here's a pick and roll. And this is what happens afterwards. It forces a mismatch. Kalia Copper is guarding Asia. She's still working. The double comes, they're there. She could pass it out, but guess what? She's too good. She just pivots back to her strong hand, her left hand, and gets the friendly roll. Now she never stops working on defense as well. Always active in the paint, ready to guard Elizabeth Williams. They don't need to bring help. Elizabeth had a great end to the regular season, but she's able to punch the block right there and keep the ball alive. Again, she doesn't stop working. Kay Plum with the ball, here's a good scream. And watch what happens after. It forces a switch. They're on the outside of her, so she cuts down the middle. Chelsea with the dime, able to finish with her strong hand left. The hardest thing about guarding Asia is literally you have to be in a track meet. You have to be strong. You have to be skilled. And guess what that amounts in? Some history. Yeah, and, and, you know, Becky Hammond said she was playing uh, on another planet, and she just took over the series in game two, and that gave the Aces their fifth straight semifinal appearance. And Wilson is the only player in WNBA history, regular season or playoffs, with 35 points, 15 rebounds, three steals, and three blocks in a game. And she did it. She, like, just... 
30 she, minutes. Her eye got poked towards the end uh, of the yes. game, and so she had to sit down. Otherwise, it, those numbers could have right. gone up. So that series wrapped up, and the Aces will play either the Dream or Wings on Sunday in the semifinals. The Sun, they were hoping to wrap up their series as well on their home court against the Lynx. But and then the Lynx said, home my beer. Yeah, exactly. Sun head coach Stephanie White was named Coach of the Year. Congrats to her. But it wasn't all celebration for the Sun yesterday. After a big game one win, it was a battle. We jumped to the fourth. Dorka Juhas kicks it to Bridget Carlton, knocks down the three. And then going the other way, Alyssa Thomas, part of her 26, the Sun fighting. Tiffany Mitchell, big game for Kayla McBride as well. Oh my well. gosh, K-Mac, just a sniper from deep with one of the quickest releases in the W and gets the friendly roll right there. On a Bonner, she finished with 24 points. Sun deep three. Woo! Range! Lynx up 78-73. And then 130 left in the game. McBride, she finished with a playoff career high 20. Eight points. And k in transition. I mean, look at this relentlessness. She's a shooter, but she got that good one to go. And as you see right there, the Minnesota Lynx with a huge win. You know why? It forces the Lynx to be able to play at home for game three. So, yeah, the Connecticut Sun have dealt with a lot of adversity. But I feel like this is going to be a really interesting game three. Absolutely. And Roz Gold on Wood A was working the sidelines for that pivotal game two in Connecticut. Roz, what stood out to you about how the Lynx were able to force a game three? Yes, I was reporting on the game, and at halftime, Coach Stephanie White actually told me she felt that her defense needed to be tougher, that they were reactive, a step slow. And so what stood out to me was Nafisa Collier and how she ate them up for every mistake that they made. Let's, let's look at the tape. I'm going to show you some Nafisa action. She does a great job of moving after the screen. It puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Two players are on the ball after the screen. Mistake! So she burns them and cuts behind the defense. Step slow. Yes, both help side defenders are far outside of the paint. They're too late. And Nafisa continues to find open space. That time she brought the ball up. This time she's trailing the play. Watch her after the screen. Gets contact. Now she's going to space out, creating good spacing. And Alyssa Thomas gets greedy. Hand in the cookie jar. She turned the back of her head to Nafisa. Mistake. She's going to cut behind her. Burns her for turning her head. And again, reoccurring theme. That Connecticut is a step slow. There's no help side. And Nafisa's too good for that. She's going to finish that bucket. Um, all right, so one of the things that really stand out to me about Nafisa Collier is this is her first full season since coming back from pregnancy. Um, she gave birth to her daughter Mila about 16 months ago and um, I reported on this in the game. I thought it was a fantastic example of just like the strength of a woman. It changed her entire body, she said, having the baby and it's the hardest thing she's ever had to do and coming back from it, she pointed out that her joints were looser, her elasticity has changed. So things like jumping and explosion were harder, her knees were always hurting. She had to do a lot of rehab on her quads to help with the knee pain. Um, she lost a lot of muscle because she had to stop working out two months before, two months after having the baby. So she had to put on a lot more muscle and get more strength added. And in the midst of all of that, she said she thinks she's having the best season of her career, which statistically you could say so. She's certainly an MVP, you know, lower end of the MVP conversation, but had that kind of season for Minnesota. And um, she said it was all worth it. But my goodness, the strength of a woman, just really mm. how she's come out here and, and held it down for all the mamas on the court.
Seriously, <laughs> giving uh, just another layer of working mom out there. Um, and as someone who had a baby four and a half years ago, I'm still <laughs> trying to recover. This is just a year ago for her. Um, but today, you know, look, the, the Sun, they were the favorites in this matchup, especially after, you know, pretty much dominant game one. What do they need to do differently to close it out in Minnesota? They need to bring their defense on the road. And that's something that they've done all year long. I've said this team is not foreign to adversity because they lost their all-star center in Breonna Jones early on. A lot of people wrote them out, but guess what? It turned into an, uh, what, MVP campaign for Alyssa Thomas. It turned into a top finish ever in franchise history, most wins ever for the Connecticut Sun. And that was all predicated on their defense. Right now, you're seeing a lot of Minnesota Lynx being able to do whatever they want to do. Normally, that's not the case because they set the tone by being active, being physical, and just being dominant and just taking the game to you. So if they're able to bring that energy and intensity to many, I think they feel really good even though they'll be on the road. Mm, it's shaping up to be a great one on Wednesday. Our girl Roz is staying busy because she'll be on the sidelines again for that decisive game three in Minnesota. 8 Eastern on ESPN. Coming up, the Warriors' mastery of the small ball has made them legends. But is there a big problem brewing in the Bay? And what could it mean for CP3? Plus... Paolo Banquero took the Rookie of the Year, but which sophomore is looking to make a bigger impact this season? Our picks for who steps up in their sophomore season. And basketball can be played anywhere, but where in the world would you like to see an NBA game? We get our Google Maps and uh, come up with some exotic Ooh. locations. May I suggest Aruba? I'll do sidelines if you guys I like that. Send me there too. <laughs> Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're watching NBA Today. To be fair, I think this team ultimately maxed out. This is not a championship team. If we were, we'd be moving on. We have some monster-breaking news. Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors as they try to maximize this window. CP, let's get it. I mean, I'm excited. It ain't got no choice but to be a whole lot of fun. Draymond Green is coming back. Back with the brothers. Back with the band. The championship window is still open for the Warriors. We know the story. The Warriors fell in the second round of the playoffs to the Lakers and started to reshape their roster. The Dubs brought back Draymond Green and added Chris Paul to the mix while trading Jordan Poole and seeing Dante DiVincenzo head to New York in free agency. 
Welcoming in our Warriors reporter, now Kendra Andrews, to the show. And Kendra, the Warriors are working out eight-time All-Star and NBA champion Dwight Howard today. What more can you tell us about this? Yeah, Cassidy, Dwight's expected to be there with the team today sometime in the afternoon. And while this has brought up a lot of conversation externally, I'm told that the Warriors are looking at this just as another workout, just another guy they're bringing in to get a look at, as they've been doing really for the past couple months. They also brought in Kent Bazemore, who used to be a member of the team, Juan Toscano Anderson, who was a member of that 2022 title, or title winning team. And with Dwight Howard, again, they want to look at a veteran. They want to look at a big man. But by bringing him into San Francisco this week, that doesn't mean he is a member of the team. This is just another part of the process as they work to fill out the remaining roster spots. Okay, so you mentioned wanting to add a big man and filling out the rest of the ro roster. Who, who do you see them targeting with the season just five weeks away? Yeah, well, like I said, they're bringing in a ton of guys with different skill sets, different veteran levels, experience levels. I'm told that what they're looking for at the end of the day, best player available, but also really, really important to them is someone who isn't going to be a distraction off the court. Cassidy, you named some of the guys that left this offseason, and there was a lot of drama around this team a year ago, and that definitely uh, played a factor in their poor season. So heading into this upcoming year, the Warriors say everything in the locker room has to go smoothly. Right now, they feel like they have a good collection of guys. Yes, they have a lot of personalities, but they think that they can balance it. So with whoever they decide to give their last two-way spot to and their last 15-man roster spot to, it has to be someone who is going to gel with the guys already in Golden State. Well, speaking of those personalities, our very own Young Masuk sat down with one of the biggest, Draymond Green, last week. And here's what he had to say about teaming up with their new point guard, CP3. I want nothing more. Like, and I'll be straight up about it. Like, my goal this year is to help Chris Paul get his first championship. That's my goal. It's not to redeem anything about Draymond. My goal is that we can help Chris Paul get his first championship. That's my only goal. And I know that's his goal. I know that's our team goal. So that's what it's about. All right, so Kendra, uh, Draymond's goal is clear. Uh, win one for Chris Paul this season. Uh, how do you see Chris fitting in with the four-time champs? Yeah, well, of course, there is the big question, I think, that is really the biggest one to address, and is where is Chris Paul going to fit in, whether that's coming off of the bench, whether that is starting. The, the final answer for that is, of course, up in the air. But I was told that when Chris Paul first arrived to the Warriors' facilities earlier this summer, Everyone was just struck by how eager he was to get this done. As much as Draymond wants to win Chris Paul his first championship, Chris Paul wants to win that even more. I'm told that he was sending the message of, look, whatever you need me to do, I'm ready to do it. I knew what I was signing up for. I knew who I was joining when this deal went through, when I came out to San Francisco. People have roles here. And I'm trying to fit in so that we can get Chris Paul, his first ring, and then also guys like Steph, guys like Clay, guys like Draymond, their fifth NBA championship. You know, for me, I, I see two things be, being really important to making this work. And I think it has to start, number one, with respect. I, I think it's um, not realistic to want or even want to see these guys fake defer to one another. Or of course, at the beginning of the season, everybody's super eager. I think there has to be respect because what makes them great, what makes Chris Paul great is he's 
uber competitive. What makes Draymond Green great is that he is a fiery leader. So they've got to be themselves. And what makes that work is if they both respect one another and if everybody respects each other in the locker room. Draymond said that himself. And then I think the other thing that's going to be important, and this might sound cliche, but winning. Winning is going to be important. You know, winning goes a long way uh, and it makes it easier to buy in. You're on the other side of that. All of a sudden you, you put together a couple of long losing streaks and now it's starting to get awkward in that locker room. And think about Chris. This is way different than when he came into play with the Phoenix Suns. They were looking at him to help build culture and mentor young players. He comes in the, to the Warriors, the culture's established, the legacy's established, and these stars know exactly who they are. In fact, interestingly, these stars became who they are by beating Chris, mm -hmm. by going through Chris. He's an integral part of their trajectory to superstardom for those stars on the Warriors. So it's a very interesting dynamic. Well, uh, Mark, you spent some time with Chris a few months ago after he was traded. What are his expectations this season? Yeah, I saw him as he was uh, celebrating his book. And, uh, you know, this isn't like Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets and trying to be a savior for Chris. This is a 38-year-old a who's in an odd situation for the first time in his career. He is the one that has to fit in. What other NBA player do you know that's had this kind of situation before? Um, so it, it's definitely going to be weird going in there and trying to, you know, when you're a vet like this, to exude your presence. But what Draymond said, I know that had to be music to Chris's ears, man, because you wonder, you know that Steph is going to embrace him. You know that Clay is going to embrace him. But Draymond's the, you know, the big voice in the locker room. And the fact that he's got big arms for him, bringing him in, wants him to get that elusive championship. I'm sure that makes it a lot easier for Chris just trying to fit in. And that's what he's going to have to do. For the first time in his career, he's going to have to be one of the guys instead of the guy. So I do sense there's some, some good nervousness going into Chase Center for Chris Paul. <laughs> Yeah, and trying to fit in, you know, takes on a couple meanings because we'll see if he comes off the bench, if he's starting, how many games he's going to start and all of that. That will be determined as the season is coming up around the corner. Thanks so much, guys. Coming up on this show, which NBA sophomores are looking to make a bigger impression a second time around? All that and more on NBA Today. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the first pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Orlando Magic select Paolo Bancaro. Who gonna stop me now? I wanted to be in the NBA, but I didn't know I would be here. 
know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do what I do. And I expect to have a great year. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know that I'm number one. There'll never be another one. Calvin Carroll was the number one pick in the 2022 draft and lived up to the billing in Orlando, winning Rookie of the Year. He was top five among rookies in scoring, rebounding, and assists, and his 20 points per game are the second most by any rookie in Magic history behind Shaq. And he's poised to have a big second year coming off his promising showing for Team USA at the FIBA World Cup. But he's not the only player from the loaded 2022 draft class that fans are hoping to make a leap this season. And there is an excellent article on ESPN.com from our insiders about this very topic. But let's dive into it here. And Janae, let's start with you. Who is the sophomore player you're going to be watching closest this season? Well, it's the guy we just saw, Paolo Bencaro. I love the energy of the conversation based off the development that he has shown, especially through representing Team USA. I know the numbers specifically in international competition are different than the numbers we get used to, used to in the NBA. But I just have this feeling that, like, the energy is back in Orlando. They've made a lot of really good picks and acquisitions that are young, and it starts with him. I mean, 20 points per game, the most by a Magic rookie since who? Since Shaq? Mm. So I have Orlando and I have Paolo Bencaro as people to watch. Mark, what second-year player do you have your eyes on? What are they saying, uh, the Golden One Center? Keegan Murray. I'm going to go with Keegan Murray. And if you listen to the Deuce and Mo podcast, which talks everything Kings, you got to listen to him if you're a Kings fan. De'Aaron Fox was recently on there. He said he's been working out with uh, Keegan, playing one-on-one daily, and Keegan's going to be much better than he was next season. Did an improved confidence, dribbling, and offensive creativity. And Keegan Murray is also known as a pretty shy guy. But now he's starting to show some personality and tell some really wry jokes. So I expect him next season. He he also played in summer league and he scored 70 points in two games. Keegan Murray is going to take a step forward. Yeah, you guys, I'm I'm looking up in Portland and I'm looking at Shaden Sharp. What is going to happen with Damian Lillard is obviously a huge question surrounding the Blazers. But I think right beneath that is what kind of season can Shaden Sharp have? Whether or not Dame is there or not, even with Scoot Henderson arriving in the draft this year, I think that he is a chance to have a breakout year. He only started 15 games uh, last season, averaged 9.9 points per game in 22 minutes. That's going to increase definitely. And I think with the other young pieces that they're putting around with uh, Chauncey Billups having a full year under his belt, as soon as this uh, Damian Lillard saga is ironed out and they can maybe find some sort of stability, I think Shaden Sharp is set up to have a breakout year, whether or not the Trailblazers as an entire team uh, can do really well. All right, so those are the guys who you guys think are going to have a breakout season. But, Mark, which sophomore do you think is going to have the most to prove this year? You know, I'm going to go with Ben Matherin. I I talked to him last season, before the season. Obviously, he wanted to be a rookie of the year. It didn't happen, but still had a sensational season. He averaged 16.7 points per game. You know, the Canadian averaged 17 before the All-Stars break, but dropped to 14.9 after. He did have a dominating April where he averaged close to 20. And he's been working on his all-around game, ball handling, shooting. uh, And he's been working out with Klay Thompson, which is pretty interesting as well. The Pacers expect to surprise you all and give some problems to the Eastern Conference. And if they're going to do that, you know, Tyrese can't be the only guy. Ben Matherin has to pick it up for him, too. 
Look, I need to make a trip back home to the Toyota Center because we finally convinced Richard. My answer is Jabari Smith Jr. for those wondering. Because I feel like finally, similar to the Orlando Magic, the Houston Rockets, like, we finally feel like we can push. We can make a change. Wait, Jabari Smith Jr., I, I talked to him at the end of last season, and he was like, hey, like, the city is ready for good basketball, and I feel like we have the young pieces to make that happen. He had 16 double-doubles last year. They brought in Fred Van Vliet. They brought in Dylan Brooks. They have Coach Ime Udoka. So it feels like for him, he's one of those unique, you know, the quintessential NBA type of players that are able to take those next steps. So I'm going back to my H-Town roots. But everyone knows that's, like, not a surprise here on NBA Today, so... <laughs> Well, Shanae, honestly, save me a seat on that flight next to you out to Houston because I'm right there with you. Jamari Smith Jr. is my pick. He had a an, an, not a great season last year, and they were in this rebuilding process. They didn't have met many uh, veterans to help lead this team. Now, as you mentioned, they bring in Fred Van Vliet. They're putting the pieces together, and I think that that's going to set him up to do really well and play as a number three pick should be playing in his second year in the league. Yay, Kendi. I mean, I'm really interested <laughs> to see how Ime Aduka uh, changes that uh, oh, yes. whole team and that culture there. Um, but guys, it's not just the sophomore players that will be under the microscope this upcoming season. Um, second year coaches as well. Did you guys see this? Joe Missoula being arguably the biggest name, and he attended former Celtics guard Marcus Smart's wedding over the weekend. Check out this photo. You know this is like a photo booth they do in weddings. Yes. Not, I mean, we're not going to gloss over the fact that, like, Brad Stevens, you know, traded Marcus Smart. is at the wedding. I'm sure there were no awkward <laughs> conversations there, but Joe Missoula was ready for his close-up. And here. you can tell by the smiles, they were having a, a time. Good they were <laughs> having a time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Right? Wedding season is still yeah. full of fun. Some like involved, right? <laughs> Look like they had something to drink, too. <laughs> Always. Yeah, I yeah. am excited to see what the Celtics do, but there is a lot of pressure on Joe Missoula for sure in Boston. All right, coming up, the NBA's global expansion has no signs of slowing down. We look at some of the great league moments Ooh, abroad. The dream! Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Welcome back to NBA Today. Arike. Put some respect on it, people. A Goomba Wale. Little Euro got it. What they be saying? Barbecue chicken? Oh, Licking fingers? That's what I see. <laughs> <laughs> Just fallen out of control. Got it, Enrique Ogunbowale. 
just a blow. Enrique. Oh, my goodness. She drops daggers everywhere. They can't guard me. They can't guard me. They can't guard you. They couldn't guard Arike Agumawale on Friday either. The Wings have a 1-0 series lead with Arike putting up 27-9-7 against the Dream in their opener. As for describing her game, we'll let Arike speak for herself. He's one of the fiercest competitors, lights-out shooter in scoring threat in Arike Agumawale. Obviously, you can't score if you're not getting the ball, so that's credit to my team for always trusting me and, you know, wanting the ball in my hand. And then, obviously, you know, just training, you know, the trainers I've worked with along the way that have definitely helped shape the player I am. You know, when you're a scorer and you know how to create for other teammates, you make yourself more valuable. And we've seen that part of her game really flourish here this season. When you have players like we do on this team that, you know, no matter who you pass it to, you have confidence in them to knock it down, and they do knock it down, so they make it easy. It's not an individual game, it's a team game. We move as the other moves, and it's a unit, so we definitely need everybody to contribute. It's great that they could get this win, clinch the four seed, a huge turnaround for this organization. The expectation is always a championship. We've never started a season regardless of what the record ended up being, not, you know, championship being the goal, so nothing has changed. The goal is a championship and a great run in the playoffs. Oh, man, I cannot wait for these playoffs. And Dallas, that's a team that is dangerous. And tomorrow on ESPN and the app, we have a pair of elimination games. First, the Mystics will try to extend their series versus the Liberty at 7 Eastern. Then, Enrique and the Wings will try to close out their first round matchup with the Dream. WNBA Countdown with Chenea Gumake starts at 6.30 on ESPN2. Some news out of Cleveland. Cavaliers president of basketball operations Kobe Altman was arrested Friday night and charged with operating a vehicle while impaired. Ohio State Highway Patrol troopers stopped Altman just before 9 p.m. in Cleveland, where he was placed under arrest for OVI and soon after refused a breathalyzer test. The Cavaliers said in a statement Saturday, we are aware of an incident involving Cavaliers president of basketball operations Kobe Altman. We're currently gathering more information and have no further comment at this time. We'll be back in 60 seconds. NBA Today is brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. that for welcome back to school what a cool moment for for students at a high school in rochester minnesota so. you show up for what you think is just another assembly and <laughs> out walks the nba's all-time leading scorer you know what i love how like it was gradual you can see the wave of students realizing and then standing right. up and then freaking out and then dancing it was so cool when i yeah, went to school was, and we were in auditorium they just played matilda like the <laughs> like some movie or something yeah. we didn't get lebron we did James. dancing yes. <laughs> and, and, and he did that as a Damn thank minnesota, you because he was wow. yeah he was working out at a at the gym there in Minnesota. That, that's pretty cool for sure. But LeBron wasn't the only player making an appearance. Let's do a little coast to coast, guys. Um, and we start uh, right where today and I are in New York, where the stars were out for the Nike World Basketball Festival, including the honorary captains John Morant, Kevin Durant, Victor Wembanyama, and Devin Booker. I told you Roz was working. She was working, working this weekend.
weekend. You hosted this event. What was it like, Roz? Oh my gosh, it was incredible. Like just to be playing basketball at Lincoln Center, it's the top high school players in the country, and then it was just so huge. Look at all of the championships, the gold medals, the all-star appearances, the biggest, most legendary names and superstars of men's and women's WNBA and NBA basketball. Not just not to mention that also there's Travis Scott in there, there's uh, all sorts of artists and, and musicians there. Only basketball could bring all of these superstars together to support the next generation. It was very cool to be one of the hosts of the Nike World Basketball Festival. That's Dirk back there. That's Webanyama under the hoop. You got Cheryl Swoops on my right side. You got Sue Bird, the future Juju and Paige. You had uh, Vince Carter, J Kid, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, John Morant. I mean, everybody. Chet was Phenomenal. There. It was and, crazy. And Roz, like I said, she did two WNBA sideline games and hosted this event. Flew to LA wow. and is on NBA today. Wow. So we thank so you. Cool. You deserve a nap. All right, from New York to Slovenia, <laughs> the Luka to uh, Lake Bleg basketball sneaker from Jordan was unveiled over the weekend, uh, promoted by a three-on-three -three basketball tournament on a floating court right on the surface of Lake Bled. I know I'm reading <laughs> words, but seeing these images, wow. what, Mark? I'm, I'm glad it was a nice day. I would have fished <laughs> off the side of that. That's, that's really cool. And then from Slovenia to Serbia, check out the footage from this game over in Belgrade. Chanae, have you ever seen a scene like this? I have seen. I played internationally, and we know it can get rowdy, but, like, this is, is, is this 300? Like, this is wild. I, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> are you not entertained? And these shots, like, hello. Wow. Fireworks? What? Wow. <laughs> Here for this. Here for this. <laughs> I'm getting a little dizzy, but I love it. Um, the NBA is continuing its international push. Here's a look at the scheduled games outside of the U.S. and Toronto this season. The Atlanta Hawks will meet the Orlando Magic in the NBA Mexico City game um, on Thursday, November 9th. And the Brooklyn Nets will take on the Cavaliers in the NBA Paris game 2024. And there have been some great moments in these neutral site games in the past. Time for a little top of the top. Top NBA abroad. I love this. Got your passport? I um, do. First up, Quentin Richardson in Japan in 2003. Wow. Goes over <laughs> Luke over Ridnour. everybody. Sheesh. Yes. I'll see you, Q. Okay, Q. Head not. And I love how he was backing up, backing up, like, oh, I'm going to take the charge, but this is not coming. Not a good idea for me. Do you think and the headband next... was more prominent then than it is now? Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, how about Kevin Garnett with the chase down block in 99 in Tokyo? Swatted. Yep. Wow. Signature. Man, said no. I miss seeing his athleticism, his imprint on the game, his intensity. It was a pleasure covering him with the Celtics. And I love both of those uh, jerseys, by the way. 1992 in Mexico, Kenny Smith finds Akeem Olajuwon for the win. Oh, oh here for this. Come on, yes. Janae. Young, young me. These are the things that I used to see and be like, wow, oh. I have a dream. Literally. <laughs> oh. What? Nostalgia. Oh, she here was for this. two at the time. She wasn't old right. enough. I was like, she she wasn't I mean, this later. Later. Back to Japan. How about Penny Hardaway with the acrobatic finish? Okay, the finish on the other side. I love the commercials. Was that misspelled? More than anything. That's what Did I remember. Oh, and maybe. Oh. <laughs> Talk about childhood. Lil Penny was a big part of it. I don't know why that is a like deal. a core memory. Yes. But those Lil Penny commercials. Yes. Um, last one. How about Giannis Let's bring in those Paris? jerseys back. Yes, in 2020, the slam here. Boom. And the growl. Yeah, he, he gives a lot of face. No, he, was, does. he was yeah. back in um, Europe. Face. He was probably really, really comfortable there. <laughs> Mark, I, dro I dropped Aruba, you know, Caribbean lesson. Where, where, where do you want the NBA to take these games next? The, the two ladies next to me are going to love this. 
Dakar, Senegal. Yes, I like Go that. there next. They are ready. Yes. I went to a basketball Africa League game there. They have an NBA ready arena. They could go do the tour at Gory Island. They could stay at Sally at the beach or in downtown sure. Dakar. It's time. NBA, get a game in Africa that means something. Oh. Okay, Mark, I see. And it's a seven I, hour flight. It's, it's, it's only a seven, seven hour, hour flight from New, York. from New York. Come on, we're on the West of Africa. I love that choice, Mark. And I also want to see more activity in Africa. I raise you. Nigeria. Now, I guess Senegal might be a little bit ready, but come on, we could have Masai out there. We could have like the Heat and the Bucks play, be Giannis and uh, Bam out of bio. We bring the Agumake sisters in. I'd be the sideline reporter. Let's Where go. are they going to play? They need an arena, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe we warm up in, in Senegal, Nigeria. and then the main event is in Nigeria. If they're playing on lakes, we can figure it out. Yeah, there, we can make, there's a NBA, will, there's a way. Africa, and yes. Let's go. Adam Silver, I um, love you. Are you just going to double Nigeria. down on that pick? Oh, absolutely. Cosign retweet. You know Nigeria, what? we're coming. Rwanda, NBA, we're then coming. South Africa, then, then Nigeria yeah, will be ready. Dakar is ready. Like, they're, the infrastructure is, is ready. Right we got we to gotta, we gotta put some Dakar, things together for Nigeria it. real hey. quick. Let's get Adam Silver on line one. That's all I'm trying to say. He's watching, right? I mean, he's watching. He's got the video up. Malika and crew are back from L.A. tomorrow. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.